Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop Podcast. I'm Bart. I'm Sam. And we're excited and glad you guys are joining us today. Um, Today we're talking about a topic that I personally find um, very endearing. Um, It's one of my favorite topics uh, and subjects. So, um, Are you going to tell them what we do here? Yeah. So what we do is we talk about anything that we want to, really. We Mm -hmm. just pick a random subject to bring up every episode. Um, We also will try a different kind of coffee um, at the beginning of each episode, give you guys some flavor and tasting notes, um, and just kind of give our opinion on on the coffee itself. Um, So hopefully you guys enjoy this. Uh, Most of you guys have probably already listened to us before. Uh, But today we are talking about... The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is one of my favorite subjects. Um, I read all the books, watched all the movies. Um, I'm a big fan, personally. Um, I've converted Sam. Yes, and I appreciate you. It's become <laughs> one of my favorite fandoms. It's it's great. It's just an amazing, amazing fandom community. Should I confess? Confess what? You know. Oh, that you haven't read the books? Yeah. Yeah, so full disclosure, <laughs> she has not read the books. She's watched all the movies, but she's only read, what, like a couple of the books? First two. The first two? Okay. I've read them all multiple times. Um, today, our coffee is a, a fitting blend. Yeah. Uh, it kind of goes with our theme today. Um, <clears throat> our The coffee we're drinking today is Defense Against the Dark Arts Espresso Blend, um, and this is by Cafe Creole. Um, that's Creole with a K. Yeah. K R E Y O L. Um, so we haven't had anything from them before. Cafe Creole. Um, they're a very self conscious, um, grower and roaster. Um, they're, they really focus on making sustainable coffees. Um, they're, they've launched a, an initiative called coffee hunter project so they go to like different areas of the world looking for um is it like optimal conditions for like coffee growers yeah looking for coffee growers like just you know good flavor profiles from coffees and stuff like that and they make sure that they pay like all the farmers like a fair good fair wages yeah like there's actually like a fair trade act that kind of determines the pay and they they make sure to pay three hundred percent of what that is. Oh dang, that's awesome! Yeah, so they're 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 really cool, really nice guys. Um, you can find their coffee at coffeehunterproject.com, um, or you can go to cafecreole.com. Um, again, that's k r e y o l dot com, but it's just going to route you back to coffeehunterproject.com. Um, nice. But yeah, so some cool stuff going over there. Uh, again, this is the Defense Against the Dark Arts Espresso Blend. Um, we are not drinking it espresso. We've just done it um, as a traditional roast or a traditional brew um, through our coffee machine. Yeah. Um, but it smells fantastic. It really does. <clears throat> uh, looking at the beans, it, it didn't, it wasn't marked on there if it was a dark or medium roast, but it looked more like a medium roast to me. Um so yeah, you want to ready to go ahead and taste yes, this? Yes, let's do it. All right, here we go. This is again. This is Dark Arts it's Defense Against the Dark Arts Espresso Blend by Cafe Creole. It's really really hot. Okay, let's see. 
Ooh. Ooh, that's really good. That is really good. Huh. It's definitely <clears throat> like it has um oh what's the word I'm looking for? It's really strong. I mean It is really strong. Um but it's 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 bold. I think that's probably what mm-hmm. you're looking for. Yeah. Um it's really good though. Ooh, that's I can get some notes of chocolate. Um Mm-hmm. I believe the tasting notes. I forgot to bring bring the uh, the package in here, uh, but the the tasting notes were sweet chocolate, um, caramel. I think that was it. But it's yeah. definitely it definitely feels so. Like this is weird, but like if you drink it from the tip of your tongue, it tastes different than it does on the back, obviously, because your taste buds are different. But like it definitely has like a wide flavor profile for yeah. sure. Yeah, it's really good. This is this is really good stuff. Um, definitely going to enjoy, enjoy getting through this. Mm-hmm. Um, probably get some more stuff from, from, uh, Coffee Hunter Project. Absolutely. Okay. So what um, would you rate this? I would give this, let me give it another taste. I'm going to say a seven for me. It's a set. It's definitely a seven. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say seven and a half so i will say that like it's really strong so if you're not a huge fan of like strong coffee i feel like this the strong and the bold flavor comes from the fact that it's an espresso blend and like just what it is so if you get this coffee and you're not a huge fan of like the bold flavor then i would just like maybe dial it back a little bit and like weaken it yeah but yeah um, i would definitely do that but yeah it's really good i personally wouldn't but yeah you wouldn't (laughs) if you like strong coffee make it however you like would normally make it yeah, this is good. It's really smooth. It is. There's no acidity that mm-hmm. I can taste. Like, it's pretty no, low. This, so. is, this is really good. All right. So, again, we're talking about Harry Potter today. Um, I'm really excited about this subject. Um, so, I, I think we're going to kind of go through yes. the timeline first yes. of, okay. of how it, when <laughs> everything happens. Okay. So, the way I have the notes set up well, is... Full disclosure. Let's go ahead and... Let me just go ahead and put put out if you have not read or watched any of the movies you might be kind of confused um but if you have you should be able to follow Follow along along pretty well yeah um we and if you haven't what are you doing here go watch those first and then come yeah go go watch at least consider us a companion series yes um (laughs) we're gonna be going through definitely a lot of spoilers oh um, yeah but kind of a timeline of, of what all happens yeah um and all the characters and things like that yeah so, um this if, gonna take if a while. that doesn't sound interesting to you i'm sorry try some of our other episodes if this you are a fan of harry potter you <laughs> may like probably this. like this okay you all right ready? here we go so um the timeline as it's as it is yes. set so far, okay. the timeline in the Muggle War yeah. world, as we'll say. Yeah. So I have it set up. Um, my notes are set up. Timeline in the Muggle world, and then timeline um, according to um, Harry Potter, like lore, like in the Wizarding world. Okay. Right. So let's start with in our world. And I'll go, also <laughs> want to go ahead and just kind of plug, uh, kind of cite our source a little bit. Most of our oh, information yeah, yeah. comes from fandom.com. Yeah. Um, from the Harry Potter fandom yeah. site, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. is a great resource. They've got a they've got a ton of if different you're a nerd, for yeah all it's of, your all of the nerds site. need to go to fandom.com. Okay, for ready? Sure. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so in 1997, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone is released. 
So right. this, this is when it was actually published. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. In 1998, Chamber of Secrets. 1999, Prisoner of Azkaban. 2000, Goblet of Fire. Here's the thing. 2001, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is published, and the first film was is released. And I remember that. I don't remember. I don't remember them releasing Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them at the same time as the movie. I think it's the. It says theatrical, so I'm wondering if it's like, like in, in theater, like or not like movie does that make sense like as a play so that that i was a little confused on yeah but 2000 beast or 2001 2000 oh, 2001 fantastic beast and where to find them is published at the very okay. least okay so in 2003 order of the phoenix is published 2005 half blood prince in 2007 the deathly hallows okay is published. so i remember um i don't remember when the first four i don't remember them actually being published um, but I do remember, I, st- I read them all, the first four, when I was in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Philosopher's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, and Goblet of Fire. Um, and then I remember going to watch the movie mm-hmm. um, on opening night. And then the other, th- the last three books, Order of the Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, and Deathly Hollows, at least the, the last three main books in the series aside from all the other side companion books um i remember those coming out getting them as they came out yep i remember you telling me when we first met that you had gone to like a midnight release of of the book yeah the last one yeah uh, the deathly hallows 2007 they did they did a midnight release of the book and and yeah i think we were maybe dating at the time Um, I think it was right before we started dating. That's so cool, though. That's so interesting. Okay, so in 2008, Are You a Wizard or Not? So that's, like, not the real name of it, but this is, like, um, a handwritten 800-word story solely for the purpose of a charity auction is written by J.K. Rowling. Okay. So So she just wrote another mm -hmm. book for an auction. Yeah, and, like, there is a lot of... It's on, like... It's almost like on postcard... Not postcard. um, Note card. It's kind of... One of those extra large note uh, note cards. So, um, uh, we missed one here. Two thousand seven. Oh, yeah. Before that, Tales of Beetle the Bard was published. Oh yeah, and we um, have that for those of you that yeah. So I've I've, I've got a copy of that too. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that actually was in the main story. Tales of Beetle the Bard was a collection of children's stories that they talked about in the book. Um, and then later she actually published. Yeah, what some that of those is. stories. Yeah, so we'll get to, and like I said, Are You a Wizard or Not is not the title of it. It's, we don't really know what the title is. It's just like a little short story. And we'll get to more on that later. Okay, in 2010, The Wizarding World of Harry Potter opens at Universal Studios. Mm. T- Which I, we, we need to go. I we still do. haven't been to that. We do. A lot of you have probably already been, and I hate you for that. <laughs> um, no, it's just, okay. Just kidding. It's okay. Uh, but... <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, we, we really need to get over there. I know. Same with Disney. Okay. But in 2011, Pottermore is launched on July 31st, which is Harry Potter's birthday. Yeah. I didn't, didn't know that. Okay. On 2014, Harry Potter books get a new face with new illustrated artwork for their dust covers. Okay. Uh, I want to go back and touch a little bit on Pottermore because some people may not know what that is. True uh, fans will know what it is. They will. But so we're for, those talking of you that, true fans. for those of you that, that don't know what it is, Pottermore... <laughs> Uh, I, I believe it's just Pottermore.com. It was a website um, that that launched, and basically it was... An immersive experience. Yeah, so it was, you would, like, read through the books, and then there were also, like, little games, and it was all you would read through the books on 
on the computer. And it was like extra things too that she hadn't released. Yeah, it had like extra little pieces of information that she kind of um, added in that, that weren't included in the books. Um, and then there were also like little interactive um, games and stuff on there too. Um, it was a it was cool. I didn't go all the way through it. I, I went through a little bit of it. It looks different now. Does it? Yeah. Anyways, um, 2015, the first fully illustrated edition of Harry Potter is released. 2016, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is released, and Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is released in theaters. Both of those are great. The yep. book, I, I haven't seen The Cursed Child, but I've read the screenplay, and it's great. Um, let's see. Um, 2017, four Hogwarts house editions of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone are released. What? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know about that. Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding me? Hogwarts house editions of the Philosopher's I need those. Okay. I do have a friend who has like four or five different sets of the Harry Potter books. Like she has them all in softback, all in hardback, and then like she has the booked or the boxed cake. Oh, yeah. She's pretty, she's a pretty yeah. cool fan. I wanted to get that. I've got them all in hardback, like with the original artwork. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want these house editions. That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. So the last thing is in 2018, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald is released. Which is a good movie. Yeah. It was really great. So that's basically... All that's happened in the in our world yeah, with in, Harry Potter. In the muggle world, as they say. Yes. Um, that's that's the timeline of, of everything that actually happened when things were So this has been what? From 1997 until 2000. So it's like 21 years of just content and like. Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. Okay. Are we ready to get into the Wizarding World timeline? Yeah, so let's talk about this. So what, what is the story about? What's, and when did things happen? Let's, okay. Let's talk about it. So Hogwarts, the school where the main yeah, protagonists Hogwarts go. Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. It is founded in 990 AD by Godric Gryffindor, Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw, and Salazar Slytherin. Yeah, so most of you probably already know those four names. Um, and th- those are the ones, the, the names of the witches and wizards that cr- founded the school. F- founded the school, mm-hmm. and then all of the f- the four houses that all of the students are divided into are yep. named after those four founders. Okay, correct. So they each represented an aspect of personality that they wanted to bring out in new students. However, shortly after the founding of the school, Salazar Slytherin had a falling out with the other founders about blood purity and wanted to admit only pure blood students, meaning that he only wanted to admit um, children who came from a magical mother and a ma- magical father. Right. Well, even more than that. Well, um, at, at its very basics, like it was only pure blood, blood family. As in, yeah, like, there's your, no your entire family was were already <clears throat> witches or wizards. Correct. <clears throat> with no Muggle blood. Right. Muggle is non-magical person for those of you who don't know. But I'm assu- I'm assuming we're talking to fans here. Yeah. Okay. So in 1400, Beetle the Bard writes his tale. His tales. Okay. So that story. That's the. That's whenever those children's stories would have taken place or right. when he wrote, wrote them. So that's interesting to me because Tales of Beetle the Bard is described as being like very ancient tales. Mm-hmm. So I just find it interesting that those stories were written 500 years after Hogwarts was founded. So Hogwarts is so much older still mm-hmm. than even like the oldest book that we know of. Right, right. It's really cool. Okay, so in 1881, 
Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore is born. Okay, so most of you probably have heard of Dumbledore. Um, but yeah, Albus Dumbledore, um, he was is one of the most influential wizards of the time. Yep. Um, we're going to um, get into a little <clears throat> bit of that. But so from 1400 to 1881, not a whole lot really happens Correct. in the wizarding world. until, and, and even at the time... It's not a big deal that he's born. Right. But, but looking, looking back... Looking back at the timeline yeah. now, that was a big deal. Yep. Okay, so he has held the titles of Defense Against the Dark Arts Professor. Hello, yeah, coffee. coffee. Uh, Transfiguration Professor. Headmaster of Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Mm, wizardry. I cannot Wizardry. Speak. Wizardry. I can't talk today. I've had too much coffee or not enough. Can't tell. So... Um, Dumbledore is considered to have been one of the greatest wizard of modern times, perhaps of all time. He's the son of Percival and Kendra Dumbledore and the elder brother of Aberforth and Ariana Dumbledore. Yes. Which, are we going to get into any of Ariana and Aberforth? I don't know. I don't think, I don't remember. I don't think we get much into it. Okay, we can talk about that later. Um, Okay. Excuse me. So in 1883, Gellert Grindelwald is born and... We talked about him in the Muggle timeline. We'll get to it. Yeah. So, so another big deal. So he back. was considered to be among the most powerful and dangerous dark wizards of all time, second only to Lord Voldemort, who we will get to. Um, a student at Durmstrang Institute, which is another school, um, Grindelwald was expelled for twisted dark experiments and near fatal attacks on students. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about him. <clears throat> in, oops, let's see, in... 1897, Newton Artemis Fido, or Newt, Scamander, is born. He is a magi... I don't know how to say this. Magizoologist. Magizoologist. Yeah, so basically that's just the study of magical animals. Right, like Hagrid. Anyways, um, early in life, Scamander developed an interest in magical creatures because his mother bred hippogriffs. Hmm. He attended Hogwarts. He was a Hufflepuff. Um... In the Hufflepuff house. Um, while Hogwarts, while at Hogwarts, he was sentenced to expulsion, though Albus Dumbledore, who had been his defense against the dark arts teacher, um, recognized his innocence and objected strongly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in 1926, the adventures of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them take place. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So this, and th- that one, that was a really... That was just a great movie. I really so, liked 1926, it. and I like that setting too. Mm-hmm. Um, so where, whereas most of them, and for those of you that haven't seen Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, um, most of the stories all take place in in Europe. Most of it actually in around London. Mm-hmm. Um, but Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them takes place in the Roaring Twenties, New York, uh, New York City, mm-hmm. um, United States. So uh, different setting, different feel. Um, oh, yeah. And a different attitude towards muggles also. I mm-hmm. don't know if you get into any of that. No, not really. Um, but the general consensus in the European wizarding world is the wizards hide from muggles. They don't really, re- like, release their, like, make known their existence, but they don't really think bad. Badly of them. Not all yeah. of them. Some, some of them are still we'll, no. We'll get to some of them. Yeah. But um, <laughs> the difference in... in the American wizarding world at that time in the twenties, especially, they were very strict on. Yeah, they were very prejudiced against non-magical, um, non-magical folk. folks or muggles, or as um, they call them in America, nomads. Nomads, yeah. Um, so 
just a different different feel mm-hmm. um, for that, and and they kind of touch on that some in the movie, um, which I f- I just found it to be a, a very interesting. It's a really um, different perspective on the whole magical, like on the on the wizarding world, for yeah. sure. And to me, it just kind of demonstrates too, like how how deep this actually goes. That it's not just some kid's story. Like mm-hmm. there, oh, we'll we'll there get are to some, it. Some deep aspects to this yeah. entire um, this entire fandom and universe and stuff. So Absolutely, I just thought it was really cool. Okay, so to continue with the timeline, on December 31st, 1926, Tom Marvolo Riddle is born. And those, and you all know that that is Lord Voldemort, or you know who, or he who must not be named, or the Dark Lord, whatever. The Big Bad. Yeah. Um, he was amongst the greatest wizards to have ever lived, um, often considered to be the second most powerful wizard in history, his superior being Dumbledore. Um, he is the only child of Tom and, is this me rope? Yeah, I'm not sure if it's Merope or Merope. Um, okay. I, I've always just pronounced it as Merope. Okay. Um, only child um, and son of Tom and Merope Riddle via the coercive use of a love potion. Riddle was raised in the Muggle orphanage um, after his father abandoned his new family on the streets and his mother died moments after giving birth and naming him after his grandfather. Right. So Merope Riddle. Um, Named him Tom. Yeah, so she gave Tom Riddle a love potion. So she was Merope Gaunt at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually, in the Half-Blood Prince, it kind of shows their original story a little bit. It shows when Tom Riddle first met Merope, mm-hmm. and she okay. became, like, super obsessed with him. So she uses the love he potion was like on a, him? Yeah, he was, like, okay. a super attractive muggle, um, and she just became obsessed um, and then later gave him a love potion. Mm. And then it kind of wore off later. That's icky. And that's what... And then he abandoned them and all that kind of stuff. I don't necessarily blame him. That was no. That's not okay. Not cool, Marope. Anyways, okay. In 1927, the crimes of Grindelwald happen. So that's whenever, like, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, or that movie is right. set. It, it happens in 1927. Second, yeah. Series. Happens in 1927. And that same year, Newt Scamander's book, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, is published. So Newt Scamander publishes his book during the second movie. Does that make sense? Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So on the 13th of June, 1943, Riddle unleashed the Basilisk into Hogwarts to continue Slytherin's quote-unquote noble work of purging the school of muggle-born students. Right. <clears throat> Myrtle. And- Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, Myrtle Warren was killed, becoming Riddle's first murder victim. And right. this is Moaning Myrtle. Right, so she becomes Moaning Myrtle, which is a ghost that um, still haunts the school. The girls' uh, to, to this day. Yes. Yeah, so she mostly haunts the girls' bathroom. Um, and for those of you that, that don't know, if you've not seen the movies, um, a basilisk is basically a, big a, snake. a giant snake. A big slithery snake. Yeah, a big <laughs> slithery snake. Um <laughs> But, yeah. Okay. Crazy stuff. Um, it was said to be able to just kill people with just its eyes. So, like, if you looked into its eyes... It turned it to would, stone, right? You, would, you wouldn't turn to stone. you just die. Oh, okay. But you... Um, <coughs> Bless you. Excuse me. I got tissues right here because um, I'm an allergy sufferer. <laughs> here you go. Uh, but if... Throughout the second book, they, they did a thing, which I think you're thinking of... It, People saw reflections of its eyes, and, and it caused petrified. them to get yeah. petrified. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't actually turn you to stone. It would, if you just looked at it directly, it would just kill you. Okay, okay, um, okay, okay, cool. 
but yeah, so that's that's where that came from. Okay, so you may want to expound on this little this next fact a little bit more. So in 1943, there's a duel between Dumbledore and Grindelwald over Grindelwald's quest for power. So if you'll remember from the movie, um, in 1927. Uh, Grindelwald basically is like, come with me and we're going to put the muggles in their rightful place and we're going to like, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then in 45, Dumbledore and Grindelwald have a duel. Right. So they actually meet and have this large, um, it's, it's one of the most like iconic events um, in history. Um, this duel was supposed to have been like an amazing feat, like. I'm ex- actually I'm very excited to see how they do it on, on in the in, movies, in the movie. yeah. Um, which I think it's coming out in twenty twenty one. Mm. Um, cool, cool. But yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be super great. Um, I don't know if there's a lot because I haven't read the books, so I don't know if there's a lot more to expound upon. So th- if there is there's just- not a lot about the duel. They they talk about it like they just kind of bring it up, but I don't really they don't really talk about how it, how it went. I mean, okay. obviously. Dumbledore, Dumbledore wins, wins. Yeah. but other than that, they just talk about how epic it was. Right. Okay, cool. Well, if you want to expound, just interrupt me. Okay, so in 1952, Quidditch Through the Ages is published, which is a really popular book in this wizarding world. It really, it talks about the game Yeah, and all so that. Quidditch is like their, the local... The big sport. Or, yeah, that's like the, the big sport. The big sports the team. <laughs> but pretty much the only sport, I think. I was going to ask you, like, are there other wizarding sports? Not... I don't, I don't think so. Not that I can remember. I mean, there are other, like, games and stuff, but yeah. not anything like, not like big sports um, organizations or anything like that. Cool. Okay. So, on the 3rd of November, 1959, Sirius Black is born. Okay. So, he's an Animagus, the older son of Orion. Oh, mm, Orion. Orion. And Walburga Black, and the brother of Regulus Black. Although he was the heir of the House of Black, Sirius disagreed with his family's belief in the blood in blood purity, and defied tradition when he started or when he was sorted into Gryffindor instead of Slytherin at Hogwarts, um, as the rest of his family had been in Slytherin. He was the odd one out. Right, he was the only one in his entire family line, I believe, that, oh, that was not um, that was not a Slytherin. That's cool. So yeah, that was pretty cool. So uh, touch on Animagus a little bit. So Animagus basically is someone who turns into an animal. Let me ask you this: Is Minerva McGonagall an Animagus? Yes. Okay, I didn't know that. Yes, and um, you. So you actually have to be. So Animagus. Um, I didn't like know a, if it was that like a, or if it was like some other well, spell thing. There's Transfiguration, which is a like its own subject, mm-hmm. which is like turning things into other things and a lot of times it involves turning things into animals or animals into things okay um but an animagus is a little bit different when you turn like your body yourself into another animal Mm -hmm. um and generally you can only do it to like the one to one kind of animal okay um and you actually have to register Really? When you're an anime. Like, yeah, like you have to you have to be registered. It's kind of like a license kind of deal. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. So this is like an ability that some magical people have. Yeah. Or is it something that you do to yourself? I think it's something that you you do to yourself. You you kind of learn how to do it. Oh, it's not necessarily okay. like only certain people can do it. Okay. Um I think it takes a lot of training to do. Okay. Okay. Um so a lot of people do it, but you have to be like registered with 
the um, Ministry of Magic. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, so in 1959 as well, doesn't say the date, uh, Peter Pettigrew was born. Uh, he went to Hogwarts. He was in uh, Gryffindor. Um, after the sorting, house, sorting hat pondered over which house he belonged in for over five minutes. It was a true hat stall. During the first Wizarding War, Peter was a member of the Order of the Phoenix, but became a spy when he was coerced into joining Lord Voldemort. Right. So Peter Pettigrew becomes a big deal. Uh, Later he, on in the books. He originally was part of the part of the organization that was founded to take down Lord Voldemort. We'll get into he, that. He was turned and he... Is it through one of the unforgivable curses? Did he do it? Did he turn by result of whatever no. that thing? Okay, he just he did was, it. He was just... A, he Lily was livered just, or whatever? Yeah. Okay. He was always just a fearful kid, so... Okay, all right, um, so... Easily influenced. Got it. January 9th, 1960, the only child of... Oh, wait. Is that when he was born? No, this is Snape. Okay. I didn't have the name there. Okay, so on January 9th, 1960, Severus Snape is born. The only child of muggle Tobias Snape and Gobstones witch Eileen Snape. Severus was raised in the muggle dwelling of Spinner's End, which was in close proximity to the home of the Evans family, who will be important later. Um, so he, it was a poor area, but he met Lily and Petunia Evans when he was nine and fell deeply in love with Lily, becoming close friends with her. Um... Severus Snape held the title of Potions Master, Defense Against the Dark Arts Professor, and Headmaster. Yep. Briefly. Briefly. Very, very briefly. Yes. Okay. So on January 30th, 1960, Lily Evans is born, the younger daughter of Mr. and Mrs. Evans, which, duh, um, and the younger sister of Petunia Evans. She learned of her magical nature as a child after Severus recognized her as such and told her of the existence of magic. Lily attended Hogwarts. She was a Gryffindor. Um, in her seventh year, she was made head girl, and she began dating James Potter. Uh -huh. Yes. Okay. March 10th, 1960, Remus John Lupin is born. He's the only son of Lyle and Hope Lupin. He is afflicted with lycanthropy during his childhood as a result of Fenrir Greyback's revenge against Lyle. He attended Hogwarts and is a Gryffindor. I didn't realize that he he's been a lichen since he was a kid yeah so lycanthropy basically is the syndrome that you're a werewolf makes you a werewolf yeah um so yeah he he it affected him m pretty much all his life so will uh, from his a very young age will teddy his kid be a werewolf um i not sure i don't think it's passed on that way hmm. i'll need to read through again I, I don't think they really mention it in there I'm trying to get information about the cursed child, if you can't tell. Because I haven't read that. Just read it. Ugh. But then I have to read all the other ones mm -hmm. first. Well, okay. Anyways, moving on. March 26, 1960, James Potter I, <clears throat> the only son of Fleamont and Euphema Potter. He attends Hogwarts, obviously, Gryffindor. Also met Severus Snape, a Slytherin student, whom he became bitter rivals with. During his seventh year, James was appointed head boy and began dating Lily Evans. Okay. So, ten years later, 1970, the original Order of the Phoenix is established. Also during this year, Voldemort, is re he reveals himself openly, proclaiming himself the Dark Lord, and it starts the first Wizarding World War. 
This is what happens in 1970. Right. Okay, so the Order of the Phoenix was a secret society founded by Albus Dumbledore to oppose Lord Voldemort and his Death Eaters. Um, the Order worked with the Ministry to oppose the Dark Lord and his followers and played a crucial role in the wizarding in the first Wizarding Ward War. Um, their first victory came in 1981 with Voldemort's first defeat at the hands of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, the victory became a high cost of many of their members. So I just want to yeah, go, go through the it. list. So we, we have a list of all the um, all the members of the First Order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, go for it. So we've got Sirius Black, Edgar Bones, Caradoc Dearborn, Dedalus Diggle, Elphias Doge, Aberforth Dumbledore, and Albus Dumbledore. Uh, and if you'll remember, that's his brother. Yeah, Aber- Aberforth was his younger brother, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, Benji Fenwick, Mundungus Fletcher, Rubius Hagrid, Alice Longbottom, Frank Longbottom, uh, Remus Lupin, Marlene McKinnon, Dorcas Meadows, Alistair Moody, Peter Pettigrew. Who then turned. Yep. Sturgis Podmore, James Potter, Lily Potter, Fabian Pruitt, Gideon Pruitt, Severus Snape, and Emmeline Vance. Correct. Um, so most of those, you, the ones that have are still listening, um, <laughs> are have probably heard of a lot of those names, and several of those probably don't have a clue who they are. Yeah, I don't know um, who half those people are. Yeah, I've I've heard a lot of the names. I'm not really sure the story on a lot of them, um, but they're not huge characters in the story. Right. So this right here in like 1970. Um, this is when the unofficial prequel that has been stolen, um, what, <laughs> yep, it's been stolen. What do you, what do you mean stolen? Yes. Like, it's, um, so like, basically. Are you talking about in the real world? Like, it's been real, it, in the real world. So basically in the muggle world, in our world. So the, the story that J.K. Rowling wrote at, for the auction, it was auctioned off and it has since been stolen and nobody knows where it is. Mm-hmm. She didn't like save a copy? Mm-mm. It was handwritten. What the heck? Yeah, it's handwritten on, yeah, at handwritten, so, but this is whenever this would have taken place. And the story goes that there are two policemen, they're chasing a motorbike, which is breaking the speed limit into a dead-end alley. They confront the two youths who are riding the bike. They introduce themselves as Sirius Black and James Potter. As the policemen attempt to arrest them for speeding and riding without helmets, three men fly on broomsticks down the alley towards them. James and Sirius use their wands to lift the police car up to form a barrier, and the broomstick riders crash into it. Sirius and James then leave the frightened policeman in the alley. So that's basically the what happens. That's kind of how it starts out. Mm-hmm. That's like that the- sounds amazing, and I really want to read that story now. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. I've always wanted a story of like young James and Sirius. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, Somebody has it. Somebody's got it, and. Oh, I'm so angry now. <laughs> yeah. I need that story. Yeah. J.K. Rowling, you need to please write this again. <laughs> okay, so in the timeline, the summer between the summer of 1978 and the autumn of 1979, Lily and James are married. Um, so sometime within a, a year. That year, okay. yeah. And, like, that's happening during, like, the Wizarding War. Okay. So, um, September 19th. 1979, Hermione Jean Granger is born. So, following the Second Wizarding War, Hermione 
So we'll get into this. This kind of jumps forward in the timeline, but I'm kind of giving you some info on Hermione. She went back to Hogwarts to complete her education. She later found employment with the Ministry of Magic, furthering the cause for the better treatment of house elves. Afterward, she was promoted to the Department of Magical Law Enforcement, where she dedicated herself to eradicating old laws that were biased in favor of purebloods. Hermione eventually marries Ron Weasley, and together they had two children, Rose and Hugo. She became the godmother of Harry and Ginny Potter's eldest son, James. Yeah, and it wasn't mentioned in here, but for those, I mean, probably everybody knows, but Hermione, she was one of Harry Potter's closest friends. Correct. Okay, so in early, it doesn't say when on fandom.com, but it says early 1980, Sybil Trelawney's first prophecy is, like, the first prophecy is Mm. uttered. Like the main prophecy that starts everything. Um, right. Um, so she's a witch and a professor of divination at Hogwarts. That's basically all that we have about her. Right. Um, um, so <clears throat> and do you that, have anything about that prophecy? Basically the prophecy is that somebody born at this time is going to be able to defeat the Dark Lord. Yeah. So basically it it, it, it kind of indicates... It, it, it's one it of It talks about some, some situational um, specifics in there that that lead them to believe that it was about Harry Potter. Right. Um, so basically it was a prophecy which led everyone to believe that Harry Potter would defeat Voldemort. Voldemort, yeah. And this is the, <clears throat> like, if, you've, if you're like me and you've only seen the movies, this is the prophecy that they go and get that gets smashed before they get listened, in the movies, before it gets listened to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in on July 31st, 1980, Harry Potter is born. So after the Second War, Harry became an Auror, and he helped reform and revolutionize the Ministry of Magic. He has three children with Ginny Weasley, James Sirius, Albus Severus, and Lily Luna. He was also named the godfather of um, Edward Remus Lupin, which is Remus John Lupin's child. Um, He later went on to be head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement by the summer of 2020. Cool. Yeah. Um, We skipped... Ron. Oh, I didn't see. Oh, of course. Of course we did. Okay. On March 1st of 1980, uh, Ronald Billius Weasley is born. After the Second War, um, Ron became also becomes an Auror. He helps reform and revolutionize the Ministry of Magic uh, along with Harry. After two years as an Auror, though, he went to work at um, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes with his brother, George. Um, he was also named the godfather of James Sirius Potter. Um, his sister, Jenny and Harry's eldest child. So he he was an Auror, and then he worked with George. Right. And an Auror, they describe it in, in the movies. Um, they don't describe it very well. They don't describe it very well. Um, they, they use the phrase dark wizard catcher. Uh, but basically, Aurors are they're kind of like detectives. Yeah, they're wizard police. Well, not necessarily just police, <laughs> but they're like, they're like detectives. That's cool, though. I want to be an Auror when I grow up. Okay, so October 31st, 1981, Halloween 1981, Voldemort travels to the Potter's residence in Godric's Hollow. He kills James Potter, and while trying to kill Harry, Lily steps in the way, and the curse rebounds and kills Voldemort. Right, so this was what ended this, the First World War. Mm-hmm. And then Voldemort is, like, no more, as as it relates to them, that so, they know Yeah, of. so everybody yeah. thinks at the time. Right. Okay, so in 1991, Harry Potter goes to Hogwarts, and from 91, 92, the Philosopher's Stone take place, and then so like it's the books, right? right? The books take place, and then in 1998, the Battle of Hogwarts, the Second Wizarding World War, like that's whenever it ends, in 1998. 
Okay. Yeah. So sometime not long after the Battle of Hogwarts, Ron and Hermione marry, and so do um, Harry and Ginny. In 2007, Harry Potter was promoted to head of the Auror office at the age of 26, and he would um, occasionally deliver Defense Against the Dark Arts lectures at Hogwarts. In 2017, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child takes place. In in 2019, Hermione has become the Minister for Magic. And then in the summer of 2020, Harry becomes head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. Right, which we had already mentioned. Right. So that's basically the timeline of thus yep. far of everything that happens yep so right now jenny like hermione is the minister of magic and then harry is the head of Magical whatever. law enforcement and then ron is somewhere with the joke shop right yep um i want to touch back on the second the battle of hogwarts the second wizarding world we didn't really mention what happens there so that is the final um showdown between Harry Potter and Voldemort. Oh, I assume, so that's, again, I assume we're talking to fans. Yeah, so that's... Only fans would that's make That's what it this causes long. the end, though, so they, they have their little showdown, which, for those of you that have watched the movie, um, it's not nearly as dramatic as the movie portrays. Yeah. The book is, is much quicker. Um, and not as public. Yeah, no, it's not, not nearly like, as public. Yeah. They don't make as big of a show of it. Yeah. Um, so that's basically the timeline of Harry Potter. Yeah. All right, so I do have some facts as well if you want, if we got time. Yeah, let's talk about it. Okay. Tom Riddle and Harry <laughs> Potter are descendants of the Peveril brothers, the suspected owners of the Deathly Hallows. Yeah, so this was actually a story that was part of the Tales of Beale the Bard. And those of you that have seen the movies and read the books. If you've only seen the movies, though, you don't know this. You don't know this. You're right. Um, and but if you've you, read you know, the... you know who the Peveril brothers are. Right, but if... They are the three brothers that have the... <clears throat> And see, even if you've read the books, if you've only read them like, oh, well, like whatever, read them once, then you may not make the connection. Right. Um, So the way it it talks talks about it is um, the Peverell brothers, again, they were the three brothers that had the Deathly Hallows, which were these super powerful objects that were given to them by the being that is death, um, according to that story. Um, We first find out... Um, that which it never it never specifically talks about Harry's lineage to the Peverells, um, other than in his hometown there is a Peverell grave mm-hmm. in that graveyard, um, which doesn't necessarily mean they're related, but I mean obviously they lived around the same place. Uh, but also his invisibility cloak is the cloak that's talked about mm-hmm. and which is passed down from mm-hmm. father to son. Um, which obviously would mean he is a direct descendant of one of, one the, of Pe- the Peverell brothers, mm-hmm. the one um, who cheated death. Yeah, so we can yep. kind of we can discern that from just the movies. What we can't figure out from just the movies, though, is how Tom Riddle is connected to them, and that is through the ring that they get in the um, the Half Blood Prince, the cursed ring that is ends up being one of the Horcruxes mm-hmm. that, that eats Dumbledore's hand. Right. So the stone from that ring is, is the resurrection. The stone. resurrection stone mm-hmm. um, that is then put in the Golden Snitch that he puts that Harry puts to his mouth and turns three times as he's going to his death. Right. Yeah. And they don't mention that either in the movies. Yeah. So that stone is actually part of that cursed ring, which mm-hmm. was the Horcrux, mm-hmm. um, and that ring was a family heirloom from Tom Riddle's. Um, maternal somebody. It had yeah, to be his, maternal. His his mom's father had the ring, mm-hmm. and he he when we it showed a a memory 
um, from someone that was there. And Tom Riddle's grandfather, um, he showed him the ring and said, do you see this? We're, I'm a descendant of the Peverells or something like mm-hmm. that because it's one of the oldest families. Um, so that means that they are both descendants of those original Peverell brothers, which and, makes them related. And here's the thing. Tom Riddle or Lord Voldemort, he searched his whole life because he wanted to obtain all three of them so that he could be like the master of death. And Harry Potter is the only person who has like had all three of them. Or like descendant, like he has been in possession of all three of them. Yeah, well, the only other person that's possessed all three of them was Dumbledore. Dumbledore also possessed all three yeah. of the Deathly Hallows. So, um, at I least that's at, so at some cool. point or another. That's so cool. Okay, so on to the next fact. Um, Arthur Weasley was supposed to die. I had heard this. Okay, so um, this is a quote from J.K. Rowling. You know, suddenly I would be halfway through Goblet of Fire and suddenly everyone would just have a really great life and the plot would go AWOL. <laughs> so she went to tear our hearts out. So, yeah, she uh, she was supposed to kill him, um, which is not to say that Rowling knew exactly who was next on the chopping block. She thought about killing Arthur Weasley after he is attacked by Nagini in the Order of the Phoenix, but instead opted to save him, partly because there were very few good fathers in the book. In fact, you could make a very good case for Arthur Weasley being the only good father in the whole series. Um, and then she also considered killing Ron, but thought better of it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I had originally heard that, though. Yeah, I'm, <coughs> I'm glad you didn't. I like Arthur Weasley. I know. He's really good. That actor is really awesome, too. Yeah. I just got to say. Okay, so the code names for the Deathly Hallows were Edinburgh Potmakers or The Life and Times of Clara Rose Lovett, an epic novel covering many generations. Hmm. That's, I'm glad Who would, we went yeah. with where what we did. Well, no, no, no. Like that's the the code names for like. So basically, nobody else would get it. Oh. Like while it was being published, and like nobody, like that's what they would. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay, so according to a Vox article, the books made it possible to publish long works aimed at children, which you touched on this earlier. Prior to Harry Potter, the accepted wisdom was that kids didn't have the attention span to read long books. So basically, this changed the game for children's books. Right. Yeah. There's actually, uh, we'll get to it in a minute, though, the studies that have been done on it. So for his books, Harry Potter and the Millennials, uh, author Anthony Grzynski surveyed more than 100... 1,100. Yeah, 1,100 college students, and he found that Potter fans were more tolerant, less authoritarian, and less likely to support deadly force than non-fans. Yeah. J.K. So. Rowling has just made a whole generation of hippies. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so Harry Potter has had a particularly strong impact on boys' reading habits, even more than on girls. According to a study by Yankovic and Scholastic, uh, 57% of boys have read the series compared to 51% of girls. And this also has increased reading for pleasure, with 61% of boys saying um, that they read for fun. Uh, J.K. Rowling's books have stimulated the fun aspect of reading. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's these books are really what got me into reading. I, I didn't really read anything mm-hmm. until I, I read these books. Um, and then really, that was still the only thing I read for a long time. Yeah. And then I started reading other other things for fun. Yeah. But. Okay. Um, even reading short stories about friendship between in and out group characters is enough to improve attitudes to attitudes towards stigmatized groups in children a new study published in the journal of applied social psychology found that reading harry potter books in particular has similar effects likely in part because um potter is continually in contact with stigmatized groups Mm -hmm. 
And then there's a link right there that I've included in the notes that talks about like there have been empirical, like there have been studies done about the cultural effects of Harry Potter. Yeah. And that article talks um, about some of them. That's kind of that's where I got some of these facts. But basically, yeah, like Harry Potter has changed the world. Yeah, it really has. Um, Especially with like, like we were talking about literacy rates among children. Also, the way that people write different children's stories um, and like the way like people who read certain books are like it shapes their worldview later on in life. Right. So this, so this is a pretty cool article. We'll post we'll get a link in the in the notes. And that article um, has links to the different studies that were done. Okay, cool. Yeah. The, see that red? Because uh, it talks about debut author and oh, single so each mothers. One of these is a, is a link. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of different studies in this article here. Um, so I encourage you guys to, to read through it. Um, we'll also get a link for just the fandom yeah. Harry Potter um, wiki site. Yeah. Um, just for those of you that are interested. Uh, again, it's a great um, resource for any of your fandoms. Yeah. Um, it covers most of them. So that's um, what I have. And if you have the stolen <laughs> manuscript or that stolen note card, 800-word short story, I'm coming for you. Yeah. <laughs> but they did come out with a little thing that said, like, if you find this, like, and that's the thing that's really cool about it is if anybody profits off of anything from that, only, like, three or four people know. Like, the person who has it knows. And then J.K. Rowling knows. And then the person who bought it kind of knows mm-hmm. what it's about. So if anything surfaces, then they'll know. Right. You know, that it's still out there. So, yeah. Right. So that's what we've got. Um, that was what we've got for harry potter um this again, was fun yeah this one was really fun this is one of my favorite topics to talk about so um i could talk about harry potter all day i could watch the movies you want to watch them again yeah i okay. mean yeah i do always <laughs> um so, but yeah. now you know like what happened in our world like the muggle world and kind of the play-by-play of what happened in harry potter history right and like the order and everything so it was it was was really cool i'm glad we went through that um again so we our our coffee today was defense against the dark arts espresso blend by cafe creole um we hope you guys enjoyed this episode i really enjoyed doing it me too um thank you guys so much for listening again we'll get some links in into the notes um, for those of you that want to read a little bit um if not, no big deal. Who are we talking to? Um, of course they want to read. These are books. We're talking about books. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Uh, and hope you guys keep listening to us. Again, you can always give us suggestions for uh, topics or coffees to try. Uh, you can send any of those to datenightcoffeeshop at gmail.com. Um, and we also have a Instagram. Instagram. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, what is our handle? I think it's date night at the coffee shop. Date night at the coffee shop. I'm pretty sure. Let me double check. Yep. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. I feel like my mom here with like... Yeah, it's date night at the coffee shop. Okay. All one word, date night at the coffee shop. Uh, find us on Instagram. Um, and use the hashtag. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've really enjoyed this. Um, hope you guys keep listening. Uh, again, I'm Bart. I'm Sam. And thank you guys so much for joining us on our date night. Uh, take it easy. Bye, guys. Bye.